The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IONS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. One of the most fascinating aspects of NDEs are visions and messages of what lies ahead. And that's what our guests, Robert and Suzanne Mays, are here to discuss today. Robert and Suzanne have studied the phenomena of near-death experiences together for some 40 years, though neither has had an NDE. Their research focuses on the phenomena connected with the out-of-body component of NDEs, especially veridical perceptions and other verified paranormal phenomena during an NDE. Their theory of consciousness, the mind-entity hypothesis, is derived from NDE and neurological phenomena. It explains how the non-material mind interacts with the brain in ordinary consciousness. They wrote the foreword to the book, The Self Does Not Die, published by IONS, and uh, their website, by the way, is selfconsciousmind.com. On this and next week's show, Robert and Suzanne preview their talk at this year's IONS conference on prophetic visions and near-death experience with warnings for our current time. NDEs frequently give indications that time during the experience is suspended, that the transcendent realm is actually timeless, and that the events of the NDE seem to occur all at once. Two key elements in many NDEs relating to time are a life review and a life preview. Uh, visions of likely future events in the NDE's personal life or in world events. In their talk, their focus is on prophetic visions of future world events. Prophetic visions in NDEs can be viewed as uh, admonitions or warnings, and the maze conclude the future can be changed based on people's free will choices. Therefore, it's crucial that people adopt a positive and accepting attitude toward the future and adjust how they relate to others to be more loving, accepting, tolerant, and kind. Uh, Robert and Suzanne last appeared on NDE Radio on October 23rd, 2017, and to hear that show, go to our Past Shows button. Robert and Suzanne, welcome back to NDE Radio. Thank you very much, Lee. Good morning, Lee. Uh, It's good to have you back again. And this is such an interesting topic. I mean, and it does tie into your previous work, because what could be more veridical than prophecy that comes true? Right. Well, tell us how you got interested in this this aspect of NDEs. Well, uh, there have been a number of shows um, that you've had with a fellow named Ken Lett, L-E-T-H. Yes. And um, and his... Uh, He's written, he wrote a book that was on Kindle and, um, he had a number of prophetic visions about the United States and, and the world. And, uh, we became very fascinated with, uh, what he was saying because actually it was being carried out in front of our, everyone's eyes right, ne- right now. It's happening mm. right now. Mm. And so, uh, and, uh, we were, uh, at the last year's IONS conference, we were speaking with uh, a couple of the speakers there, uh, Scarlett Heinbuck and David Schwartz, and uh, they mentioned, oh, um, George Ritchie had some prophetic visions, and 
there was also an unpublished manuscript that he had written. And so we got very curious about that because we're very familiar with George Ritchie, everything that he's written. And we hadn't heard that he had written some a memoir. And um, and so uh, we asked them about that and, and uh, asked uh, Scarlett <coughs> in particular. And um, she remembered having seen the manuscript and. Uh, so we asked around again, and uh, others actually went uh, quite quite a far away, uh, around the NDE world to see if anybody else had heard about this. And Sandra Martin, who has uh, been associated with IONS in the past, also, also was, and she was a good friend of George. So uh, we ultimately got the manuscript and uh, found that there were indeed additional um in, it, it, there was an additional um, prophetic vision, but actually, he uh, George Ritchie had had given um, some uh, a, a vision that uh, was in his second book, um, "Ordered to Return," and uh, that one was um, was you know pretty much uh, saying that the humanity has two choices. Uh, it can, it can, uh, you know, there will be all kinds of earth changes, hurricanes, and so on, um, because because in in his NDE, as he was in back in by his body, the the Christ, uh, the, the being of light, whom he took to be the Christ, um, was showing him two corridors, one one possibility for humanity. And another possibility of humanity. And the one possibility showed that there would be hurricanes, floods, and earthquakes and volcanoes were increasing, but that families were splitting and governments were breaking apart and um, people were thinking only of themselves. And he saw an army marching on the United States from the south and then explosions occurring over the entire world where there were, were of a magnitude beyond my capacity to imagine. And he realized that if they continued, human life as we have known it could not continue to exist. And of course, he this was in 1943 before there had been an atomic bomb. And he had said later that when the atomic bomb uh, exploded in Hiroshima, he realized that that was the kind of explosion that he had seen. So this is a vision of nuclear war. And, um, and then the second corridor opened and the Christ show him, showed him pretty much the same kind of things of increased hurricanes and floods and earthquakes and volcanoes but then the planet grew more peaceful and man and nature both were better and man was not as critical of himself and others and he was not as destructive of nature and he was beginning to understand what love is and then he stood in a place where he felt that it was it was heavenly. And then the Lord mentioned to him, it is left to man which direction shall he shall choose. I came to this planet to show through the life I led how to love. Without our father, you can do nothing. Neither could I. I showed you this. You have 45 years. And that 45 years... George Ritchie didn't really quite understand initially, but that 45 years from 1943 was 1988. Mm -hmm. And so 
there was this uh, sense uh, from um, George Ritchie's uh, experience. First of all, there is there is this connection of the armies coming from the south, um, and and there being warfare in the United States, but also that there was this threat of nuclear war. And there were a number of other NDEers that had the similar kind of vision of something terrible was going to happen in 1988. And of course that didn't happen. So in any case, we, we, um, became very interested in this. And, uh, so we started collecting, doing a survey and collecting, um, NDE accounts with previsions and, and we've come up with a whole pile of them. <laughs> A whole lot of books, and uh, and uh, we did a survey, and so on, and uh, uh, ears, and some some of who have whom have written books, others not, and so we have uh, this big body of of uh, material. Uh, Ken Let's uh, book and his account and his interviews that he's done on. And the radio were uh, a major part of this, and that was really mm-hmm. what started us. If I may add, the, about the two quarters, the second quarter showed what would be the outcome of these kind of um, changes in the world. He said, and this relates to what we find with NDE accounts, is that we would find ourselves standing at a place in time where we were more like the beings in the fourth and fifth realm or the fourth and fifth dimension of consciousness. Well, that's interesting. Now, is that a reference that George Ritchie made? or That's what he wrote. That's what he wrote in his book, Order to Return. How did he understand these other dimensions? Is it something that runs parallel to us, or is it a choice that we can make? Well, it's it's actually, it's the these are levels of the heavenly realm uh, that he was, uh, that he visited. If you remember his account, um, he he was taken on a tour of the, of the heavenly worlds of the spiritual realm, and he was uh, initially in the earthly realm and shown how uh, uh, deceased people are still existing in the earthly realm and and how they interact with uh, other with incarnated uh, people, and also he was shown a kind of uh, hellish realm or purgatory where uh, people were stuck in their own thoughts and. Uh, and uh, and were you know reaching out and trying to fight one another, but of course having no effect on the others. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he was taken to to higher realms, and these these are the fourth and the fifth realms that he's talking about. You know where he was in this place of great learning, and mm-hmm. so on. And so so he is describing these these different realms as you know heavenly. And in those realms is also where the human being learns how the laws of love work and what are the real um, qualities of consciousness. And it's tied to a particular kind of spirituality or morality. And that's what we have to look forward to. But we have a choice of how that change is absolutely is going to happen. Is it going to be so horrific, or is it going to be a a, a kind of mitigated reset for the world? Right. Now, was were Richie's uh, visions 
the product of an NDE or were they dreams? Uh, no, his this, this his visions were definitely um, in his NDE. Okay. Uh, there were other times that that he had uh, visions and communication with the being of light, mm-hmm. uh, where he received additional information, and um, and so and and this is typical uh, where an NDE is shown uh, the previsions in the NDE uh, and and frequently they are suppressed um, actually deliberately suppressed uh, it, particularly in, for example in the case of Ken Lett and and then they come back afterwards and uh, you usually bef- right before the event is about to happen um, and another case of that is Elizabeth Crone who wrote a book uh, changed in a flash and she she uh, receives these. She had a and she's been on your show, I think. Mm. And um, <clears throat> she has these these visions, and uh, they come. And this is typical of uh, NDE visions that they come after the NDE. Uh, so the NDE has a sense that they've been have access have had access to all knowledge during their NDE. And they were shown things, but they don't remember them. But now they're shown them again, and and it isn't like oh, I just had a dream and it, you know, I happen to remember it, and I think this is a vision. But it actually has a, quite a bit uh, more uh, intensity. It's it's vivid and intense and compelling, and. Um, and it either happens during sleep or or during uh, while they're awake. And here's here's what Elizabeth Crone said um, on page 84 of her book. Um, there is a there is the rush or power of the precognitive nightmares, and this this would be it when she's asleep. Uh, these truly spirit me away as if I were on a runaway horse. <clears throat> There is an energy force that will not allow me to awaken. Even as I am struggling with the vision of some horrific scene, I am simultaneously receiving information. I know in the vision that once I receive whatever information I am supposed to be given, I will be able to open my eyes and make it stop. Whatever it was that I saw is seared into my memory. And her visions, uh, you know, a typical one is, is a crash of an airplane you know, where dozens or hundreds of people are killed. And um, and when she gets these visions, sometimes when she's awake, she's, she feels them coming on, mm-hmm. and she doesn't know how to stop them. And so she she says, okay, I've got to go to, I've got to, go to sleep. I've got to sleep to get this over with. And then she goes to sleep and and has the vision, and she wakes up, and, and then there's this relief that, She's been given this, so she, you know, they are horrific visions, and that's typical. We think of of all of these cases that that there's something different about this, you know, change of consciousness where this vision comes to the person, and as with Elizabeth Crone, it is very forceful. It needs to happen. It needs to be shown, and frequently there's not anything that the end ear can do about it. Uh, uh, you know, you're shown this. You don't know where it is, uh, and uh, and you don't and 
Tom Sawyer had a vision like this, and he he he, he tried to find out where this airplane crash was going to be. He mm. saw he he knew everything about the people on the plane. He knew their first names. He he knew that there was going to be somebody who was killed on the road as a result of this crash. But he couldn't. And he saw two white buildings. He thought they were white buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he went to airports all over the United States. He knew it was going to be in the south because he knew that it was going to be 103 degrees Fahrenheit, and 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 therefore it's probably going to be in the summer in the south. And and uh, and he went around trying to find the airport. He couldn't find it where these two white buildings were. Well, anyway, the the he woke he woke up the day before. I'm sorry, the morning of, and. Uh, Picked up the newspaper and 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 then visually it it changed into the headline of there was this crash meaning he was looking at the next day's paper and yes. the headline and so he he called Bruce, he, he called Bruce Grayson and said uh, today is the day uh, and um, and then at 6 p.m. Um, uh, that evening the crash happened. And and it was exactly as he had uh, had, sh- had shown in the vision. That's another thing too, is that these these visions are really accurate, uh, mm-hmm. typically very accurate, almost 100% accuracy. And um, and there's nothing that can be done in some cases. And we feel in those cases that that they're being shown to the end of ear to to be shown that the validity of the the vision. In other words, when you get this, when you feel this vision coming on the way it does, and it is accurate, when you when it happens again, you need to know that it's accurate, and so that maybe you can do something about it. And um, and there are cases in Tom Sawyer where and in other other end of years where uh, they have used prayer or actually physically intervened uh, in, in the case of Tom Sawyer. He saw that there was a predator that was going to to um, rape and kill a little girl, and um, he knew exactly where it was going to happen, and, and he went there because he had just been there uh, in this um, diner and uh, had breakfast there, and, and, and so we went back to the diner and, and then went up the hill and, and got the girl, and... And then saw the predator there, and and met the predator with absolute love, looking at in in his eyes, um, directly in his eyes, with uh, complete love towards the predator. Mm. And he took the little girl away and back down to her mother and um, down the hill, and and he had intervened, and and he felt that. He, he wasn't sure whether that was a good thing to do, to intervene in somebody else's destiny. But I, I think it's pretty clear that that was okay to do. Yes. So, and, and other cases of uh, end of years, uh, Tom, Tom Sawyer as well as uh, a, another Tom, Tom Beck, who wrote um, a book, The Right Path, who talks about prayers, using prayers in, in a group of people uh, to help prevent um, visions from happening, and and that's that's a clue because you know here are two two end ears that say yes, there's something we can do. There's something you know there are these terrible visions that are coming, but there's something we can do. And prayer is probably the best thing because everybody can do that, and uh, you don't you don't have to intervene. <laughs> 
directly mm. physically, but but that prayer is is a forceful thing in in in, in the years report that they see their prayers of people uh, that are trying to help them, uh, and um, so prayers are effective, and so that's um, well, well, that's that's a double confirmation of uh, the fact that we can influence. Uh, I mean, I mean the uh, I I had an experience like this. I just Oh, throw yeah. this out for a second. Um, the day before um, JFK was killed, and oh. uh, I dreamt this. I woke up in tears because I saw this assassination oh, and wow. felt. And uh, and since that time, I've you know when I've mentioned it to people, they've told me stories about uh, about uh, themselves or other people who also had this same dream at the same time. Um, that it was such a powerful event, I guess, in the world. Yes. That, uh, that it was com- communicated widely. Uh, yes. But I don't know that there was anything we could have done to have stopped it. It's right. It's right. a short notice. Well, and actually, uh, some of these things are meant to be, in a sense, that uh, um, they are consequences. Um, they're not a punishment. God isn't punishing us. But they are a consequence of what we've done or failed to do. And, um, and that's where, uh, it's, it's important for people to understand. Uh, that brings up this, um, point we'd like to make about, about, it's a kind of spiritual principle. Um, and this comes, um, a quote from, uh, by Ken Ring in Lessons from the Light, that everything happens for a reason. And, uh, so an end ear said, I was told by the light there was a reason for everything that happened, no matter how awful it appeared in the physical realm. And within myself, as I was given the answer, my awakening mind now responded in the same manner. Of course, I would think. I already know that. How could I ever have forgotten? Hmm. Indeed, it appears that all that happens is for a purpose. And that purpose is already known to our eternal self. And we were talking with uh, a good friend of ours about this, and he was saying, "Well, wh- what do you mean? It's uh, it's it's happening for me. There's a reason for for Hitler. There's a reason for all of the terrible things that are being done to people." And I said, "You know, there's an earthquake, and the earthquake is being caused. Uh, there's a reason for this earthquake to happen, or this tsunami to." To kill so many people, and I'm, I'm saying that you have to understand that there's something at work in the world. There's there's a, an agency beyond and superseding physical causality. In other words, there is a spiritual causality at work mm-hmm. that supersedes physical causality, and and so these these things happen, and there is you know they are a consequence and if you just think of well the earth as as a being as a a living being then all of the terrible things that we do to the earth not only you know environmentally you know with pollution and uh global warming um effects that we're causing but also our all of our our deeds to other to other human beings, all of the hatred and all of the greed, 
that and all of these evil thoughts that we have, uh, they affect the earth and the earth, you know, as a as a living being, not just a physical uh, planet, but as a living as as a spirit having a spiritual uh, aspect as well, responds because it's 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 become sick. And like with all illnesses, things begin to erupt. You know, this is, it's like the story of Oedipus, you know, who, uh, kills his father and marries his mother, not realizing what he's done. And yet the land, the land sickens and dies on account of his actions in Greek yes. mythology. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's what's yeah. happening to the world right now. We yes. are killing it by our actions, direct and indirect. Right. And our thoughts. Yeah. Our, our yes. consciousness, yes. I should right. mention to, to listeners that uh, if they're interested in Ken Lett's um, yes. prophecy of civil war and destruction, pretty eminently, uh, they should listen to the um, December 10th, uh, 2018 broadcast of NDE uh, radio where he talks about all of that. And, uh, of course, you guys are coming back on next week's show to continue yeah. this. So if they go back and listen to that, prophecy in the meantime i think it will give them a real insight into uh, what we're talking about here uh do you think uh just to go back for a second you know you can say there's a reason for a hitler but is it is it because of our previous activities i mean there was a lot of racism and and uh, anti-semitic thought and uh and uh I mean, a lot of things were going on in this country that Hitler learned from. Uh, the Fords and the Rockefellers were indulging in genetic, uh, you know, right. eliminating people with genetic defects and that kind of thing. Um, or is it um, is it to teach? Well, maybe this maybe the answer is both. It's to, both to teach us a lesson on how we we failed, uh, or is it just because it's a product of our failure? Like we've indulged too much and. In evil, right. and so evil comes back to to be a mirror to us. Right. Well, the the, the thing with with people who are who are truly evil in their deeds is that it is their free will choice. It, and and uh, that goes for terrorists terrorists today, and and uh, mass murderers and um, and so on. Uh, that that it's their choice. Mm. Of course, they, they are, you know, they are predisposed by other things. Um, so there can be rhetoric that, uh, you know, predisposes a person to go shoot up a synagogue, um, and, and kill uh, dozens of people. And, uh, but it's their free will choice. And so there is, there is a, a kind of, um, you know, uh, <laughs> building up of, of, Thought, you know, this this evil tendency tendency towards evil, uh, towards hatred, towards um, uh, discrimination to be taken that, over, to be taken over and, by it, and 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 that that breeds it. But in each one of those cases, it is a free will choice, and this is where prayer will help. Um, and, and so one can pray for the people who are. Who are promoting this sort of thing because, and that's, that is a good thing, um, uh, to do, to pray because they have, you know, with, with prayer, 
they can t- turn and change and not do those things. And in fact, that's the way we intervene is that when, when there is this uh, tendency to do for, for this uh, event to occur because it is triggered by a particular person's actions, then praying for that person, praying uh, and loving that person and some you know, that would be hard for a lot of people to swallow, to love somebody that they have a tendency to hate. But that's mm. the point, is that you have to turn your hatred into love yourself. And then in loving that person, that person has the opportunity to change and not do uh, not do what is their tendency to do. In fact, is what is foreseen that they will do. Yes. Well, Robert and Suzanne, uh, that's about all the time we have for today. But you're going to be back uh, next Monday and, yes. uh, for more discussion along the same lines of NDE prophecy. My thanks to both of you, um, if, to the listeners, if you'd like to listen to this show again or any of our past shows, including the uh, the one I mentioned, um, uh, go to our website at nderadio.org and hit the past shows button. And for information on IANS and the upcoming conference, go to IANDS.org and join us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening. <laughs>